0: We're here with Chad Corey again this week, and uh, Chad has joined us in the past, and he's a author of of many uh, graphic novels, books, short stories. Uh, he's a fellow podcaster and uh, an author, so welcome, Chad.
1: Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, and and this week we're kind of going to go back and forth about uh, character motives or, or motivation for 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 the character, and uh, you know, in the past we've covered. Uh, the characters in general setting plot, conflict, um, but this is really going to be about uh, what what really drives a character to 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 do something, what motivates that character to to take action on. On a particular topic, so you know, as as we usually do, um, I'll turn to Chad and let let him respond. And then I'll sit back, take some notes, and, and, and make uh, make some funny noises in the background. So, Chad, um, uh, but what motivates your characters?
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, it's not going to be all me. Um, no, that's a good question. What motivates characters? Again, I would always like to preface this; these are my my personal opinions. So, you might think a little bit differently. If you do, that's great. Um, But what I found works well for me is to try to have something believable for your characters. And I think this has been said, maybe I think we touched base on this last time we talked about characters in general, but try to make your characters a little bit three-dimensional and a little bit believable i mean you don't have to give them like every single freckle detailed on your notes and stuff but but having something figured out for the most part where you could literally sit down with this character somewhere you know a subway or something and you can kind of pick their brain and you would know for the most part how they would respond or how they would react to certain things Uh, one big reason i i say that is because you have to be kind of intimate with your character on some levels in order to get them to respond and, and play out in your stories or kind of know what buttons to push and how to push them to have your characters react and respond and, and, and reveal things about themselves to the reading audience. And the best way I've found to do that is, is well, one of the ways is through motivation and what they feel they have to do and where they, how they see the world. Uh, I think I, I'll go back to some examples from my own previous writings here. Um, for example, I've been thinking of Rowan, who was uh, kind of a newbie knight in this, uh, the world setting that I created. And uh, in the story, he was just newly knighted, had these you know, fresh ideas, bright and shiny universe he can walk into, you know. And he, so everything that he saw was on that perspective. So his everything he saw, everyone he interacted with, was done in such a way that he saw them from, you know, I am this knight, I'm, you know the world's a great happy place and you know what are you doing doing this because you're you know you're wrong i'm right kind of perspective and so how he was written how i how i chose to write him and how it actually came to be written over the course of the book or trilogy i should say is whenever i wrote him there were certain ways of writing how he saw things or how things were described in such a way so you could understand what he was seeing or how he understood a character from his perspective which is kind of fun, because then you can kind of go around and look at the same character and look at Rowan from that character's perspective, and it could be completely different. And so I think adding to the motive is a character perspective, which also contributes to some conflict as well as um, creating action in a story, because how people perceive things is, is a big way of just defining the story and the universe itself i 'm often fond of saying that we live on the same planet but are in our own little worlds because we can see things completely different from the individual sitting right next to us because they could be perceiving it from a different filter and you know, processing information completely different and that 's key too, because when I was writing these characters, for instance, the, the same character in the same story like I dugan. He was like a, a slave. He's a gladiator. He didn't, he escaped, and so he didn't have the best of life. And so everything that he went through and endured and, and, and did it was coming from this perspective of you know I got to do it on my own. You know everyone thought to kind of get me, so to speak, and so that's kind of how he responded, kind of how he interacted, how he was just portrayed. And so when you write your stories, when you're writing your your, uh, your characters, think about how, you know, what are some good words that would describe your character from an outsider's perspective? Uh, maybe your character is really nervous, and so you can say things or describe them in such a way that they're always fidgety. Or maybe how they say things is the sentence structure is such a way that you can convey the, the shyness or the awkwardness that they're doing in such a way. That, that kind of makes sense. Does that kind of make sense to you?
0: It does. It does. Because um, you have to, it, since it's, it's words on a paper, the readers cannot necessarily see what's going on or see the facial expressions. So you have to, you have to add that in there. You have to create, uh, create the mood for, for the readers to understand what some of those motives are without, uh, without going into too much detail too, too quickly too soon. Um, the one one piece that, that you mentioned was, you know, we're on our own little world uh, of uh, of things. We're we're on the same planet, but our own little world. I have a sign in my office that that, that says, you know, I'm in my own little world, but that's okay. They know me there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but it's true. It's true. And each of the characters, they're known to their the other characters because you've created them with wi- with each other. But you have to make sure that it that, that it's good for for the reader uh, with with uh, with my book Alone With Someone the character's main motivation Bill his motivation is he's a romantic poet without without an inspiration and you know he finally finds an inspiration and hopes to keep it going and connect but he's con- uh, constantly conflicted with this inner voice and he's just motivated to, to shut that little voice off um, but also to be with with someone who he's trying to connect with, and see more of a, of a soul, soulmate in that individual, and and you know his goal again is 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 to make sure that that little voice is silenced while he's while he's he's uh, he's making an attempt at at connecting the, romantically with with an individual, so that his poems actually make sense.
1: Oh, okay, I get you. And in the, in the same in the same light of that uh, motivation you mentioned. I think of just, you know, classic uh, classic drama, classic film, even classic stories, even classic I go back to comic books now too, is motivation of the character and therein that motivation really defines the character on so many different wow. levels. I mean if your character that you one of your characters is just this greedy person like a thief doesn't trust anyone, then that's gonna kinda flavor how they interact with everyone else. It could be obviously distrustful. Everyone that comes across how they how they move, maybe how they, their eyes are going back and forth with people, and they're talking. They don't always trust what's said. Um, they can you know, different ways you can display that in their their contents or their mannerisms. How they speak themselves and what they do different from that. And again, motivation is a, is a really big fun factor, especially when you contribute the fact, like I said earlier, with how people perceive things. Um, so those two aspects of, of character development, which I don't think we touched on last time we spoke, uh, will really, I think, really elevate the characters from two-dimensional, to three-dimensional, and in some cases, well, in a lot of cases, create conflict, which is, as we think we mentioned earlier, a really great motivation. I think the engine of a story is conflict, and uh, it's always fun to get characters having just, you know, discourse, and there can be a lot of conflict in just simple conversation. And a lot of it can even be unspoken. You can describe how people are standing, how they're, they interact with each other as they speak. And it's not even really so much the words sometimes. It's how they're said or how they're received or how the other person is, is, is interacting with that person or people while they're having that conversation. And so there's a lot of fun elements you can have in that, uh, just with just the motives and then how people perceive things. That kind of creates an action in the story.
0: And there are some authors that, that won't put the the tone or the inflection in the uh, in the voice or in the words of the character saying it, but they'll put they'll put the, the reaction into into how how the other characters perceive it, as you just said, where you know somebody will shift or their their eye brows will go up, and, and you'll know that they they took offense to it or they they liked what what they heard. Just by their actions, rather than than the character um, character talking at that point. Um, one thing that comes to mind, uh, going back to the conflict conversation that we had previously, is is even the uh, the Greek gods. You know, the gods had a different motivation and different actions than than the humans did. And you know, the whole Hercules story was was a mixture of different motivations of of getting things done between the different gods themselves and and the mortals.
1: Right, right, exactly. And, and thinking back in that same vein, I, I thought the very first time I experienced that where authors didn't necessarily explain everything in conversation was probably Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's Dragonlance series. If you're familiar with that, maybe some listeners are, and where they had a character called Tasselhoff, um, I think it's yeah Tasselhoff, and uh, he was a little short, short race, a little kinder race, but um, he was very childlike, and somehow always found himself finding items that somehow found themselves in his pockets that he kind of you know stole from other people, yes. <laughs> kind of a kleptomaniac kind of guy, yeah. but he would do things or say things, and then the the way that it was described is that he, the character Tasselhoff, would actually be describing. He said, Why are you all looking at me like that? What what's do I have something in my hair? <laughs> so he'd be describing what the characters how they're responding to him through that character. character. So 'Cause it's kind of a fun showing his perspective and their perspective at the same time and kinda of like his perspective of their perspective. But you as the reader could understand that okay, they're all looking at him because he you know, he's just really causing them some an aggravation and you know <laughs> But it was done in such a fun, comical way that it was just I thought really unique. I haven't really seen that done uh, recently, and a lot of stuff I read, so it's kind of a fun little thought I came to me when you mentioned that. So, thought I'd share that.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a good thing because you know his his motivations are definitely different, and you don't know what how his actions are going to be perceived until somebody points it out. So,
1: But yeah, yeah the, and then they, they did it in such a way that it wasn't like everyone was mad at Tasselhoff. Like, no, the Tasselhoff says, "Why are you all looking you like like that?" <laughs> yeah. Am I okay? Something in my hair? It, you know. So it, it was done in a fun way that it was true to the character as well. So.
0: Yeah, it yeah, You know, it reminds me of, of of our children. They they'll, they'll do something and look at you. What? That was wrong. Okay, don't <laughs> do that again. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, that's how they learn. You, they, they have to do something to know what's wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's that's a fun thing too. Which you can also put into your yeah other characters and stuff you're doing for your stories if you want to do that. I mean, there's a lot of fun ways to showcase. Uh, like we mentioned, motivation or character, just, just different weird personality traits too that can kind of create some, uh, some conflict or some action in the stories as well. It's just, but I, I agree with you. I think a lot of it comes down to motivation. What do characters want? Otherwise, why are they there? Why do we care about them? You know, what it, you know, why should you even read this book if it's just somebody standing there and they're just Mr. Generic and they have no purpose or reality? So, I, I think I agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, you know, I think one of the last things I want to say in that is just, you know, it reminds me of a a Cheese and Chong uh, skit to where they they talked about what they did in the summer vacation. You know, they got got up, they went downtown, they got dressed, they went downtown to look for a job, they went back home, they got, it was just the same thing over and over again. And it was only funny because of the inflection that they had, but it was a skit. You had to hear it. You had to see it. It didn't make any sense well, there, if you just wrote it down. There was
1: some confidence, though, if you recall, because then he got a job keeping kids from standing out in front of the drugstore.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's
1: right. So, there was a story there at the end of it, but yeah.
0: But see, that, that you know that's just it, is that there has to be some, some type of motive, and the motive for him was to go downtown and get a job, but it was more along the lines of just showing that he was actually trying to do something. And it was just funny because... It was the the ending was just just the point that he was trying to, <laughs> trying to make so but you know it, it's it's not funny until until you you get to, to to the punchline so to speak so uh but but that's that, that's all i had even on a motive and and creating that action um any anything else anything else to add there
1: well you know i think one thing that we can digress a little bit on is, because is I also do comic books and graphic novels, is one of the really fun things you can do is visually display uh, conflict, not conflict, but uh, action, through the, the visual medium of comic books, which you, we talked about through regular books. You couldn't necessarily do that. You can describe it. But the cool thing about graphic novels is you can actually show it. And there's some real fun things you can do in subtlety as far as, you know, facial looks or the shots, of like a, almost like a camera shot for like a film or something. Yeah. Or just by putting up certain shots or if you're coming over someone's shoulder or if you're looking at them as a close-up on the face or what have you, you can really make some interesting uh, scenes out of probably kind of boring stuff and <laughs> yeah, kind of create some some action and some fun things moving around like that, too. And so, um, you know, if people are interested in that, they can certainly... There's a lot of great books on that as well as far as making you know, cool comic books and stuff like that. But I just thought I'd mention that as well because that that as a visual medium is sometimes overlooked because you can do some really amazing things with hardly any words, with just, you know, cool-looking visuals to make a lot of action, even story, just with the pictures.
0: And you don't need the words in there. You don't need any other storyboard than that picture because that that'll say exactly what you want to say at that moment.
1: Yeah, for the most part, like I said, depends how you set it up, depends what you want to convey, and if you, if you can do it. Sometimes it's kind of hard to do, it doesn't always pan out, but again, if people are looking at doing that and making graphic novels or comic books, that's another fun way to do it. Sometimes you don't always have to be verbose with, the, with the, the words, you can just also be very dynamic and focused with what you want to do with the picture. And so usually the combination, of course, is very powerful and dynamic in itself, but just how you set everything out visually speaking can create a lot of interesting content. Uh, I don't want to say conflict again, but it's some interesting motives or perspectives of characters even, because you can look at people through that character's eyes. You can see them uh, through the character's motivations. You can you know, show different little movements, like the one guy is a thief. Maybe you show him like, his hands going in someone's pocket when they're not looking, but it's done in such a way that it's on the panel, but you're not going to notice it unless you look back or look very carefully at it. And so you can use subtle little things like that, which is kind of fun to do visually speaking, which you couldn't always get away with uh, doing in a book. Because sometimes people don't like that when they miss those clues.
0: <laughs> yes, because they have to go back and try to find it, and by by that point they're already done.
1: <laughs> yeah, or well, they don't like it because then they think it's too much foreshadowing, too, which isn't always. Uh, <laughs> yes. Helpful to some people.
0: Yes, you know, and, and that's that's the other thing is that if you give too much away, then then you don't have to read the rest of the book if you if you if you plot out the the story too well where you've given away all your secrets <laughs> before the end
1: sounds like another conversation (laughs) yes
0: yes I think that that would be a time for another conversation so thank you again Chad you can find more of uh, Chad's work at ChadCorey.com and uh, um, you can even order his books on Barnes & Noble and and other other, uh, large booksellers so thanks again thanks for having me we always enjoy having these types of conversations with Chad in fact uh, I think we'll have him back next week since he brought up a, a great topic of foreshadowing we didn't quite get to it here The quote of the week uh, is brought to us by William James. How to gain, how to keep, how to recover happiness is in fact, for most men, at times, the secret motive of all they do and of all they're willing to endure. So ask yourself, what is the happiness that you are looking to recover or uh, find for the first time uh, for that matter? Uh, Think about it a, a little bit more and not only reflect on the quote itself from William James, but write it down. Tell us about that happiness that you or the character that you're writing about, that you're struggling with, uh, tell us how that character finds happiness again. Once you figure that out, put it in a short story form or poetry form, whatever your your method of writing is, and either share it at storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere. But write and enjoy. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Story Institute's Rambling Verser. We hope you enjoyed our conversations today, and we hope we will be back next week for more. If you have any comments, feel free to share them in iTunes, share them on the storyinstitute.com. Give us a call at 615-431-RIT, that's 615-431-9748, or send us an email to ramblingverser at Institute.com. If you liked the show today, my name is John Murder III. If you didn't, my name is Megan Montgomery. Until next time, remember to imagine, enhance, and grow your stories.